I'm not saying that that's the case because Steven did say, right? Don't theorycraft this. Don't speculate. Sorry, that's going to happen, right? Yeah. But it is just speculation. It is just theorycrafting. That doesn't mean it's set in stone. It's all subject to change. But the simulation allowed the team to simulate world progression and see strange happenings that may not have been predicted. For example, simulating player behavior. Okay. Thoughts, community, Daedalus. This is this was this was a big showcase. The mini adventurers' home was where they grew up and where they left their family. This was not true for the Pathfinder. For him, home was a feeling, not a place. In this moment, he felt fully of the essence, and for him, it was not a lonely road, but the place he felt at home. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I am joined today by my returning Pathfinder buddy here. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. And in typical form, before we dig in, we got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thanks so much, so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. And uh, we have a lot of things to dig into today. And as you can see, if you're here catching us live, this is a two-person cast for the day. But this is a, what I like to call an OG podcast because this is two of your longest hosts that you have ever seen on the show digging into things today. Um, look, if you want to show some love to this podcast, go go check out our Twitter over at, at Ashes pathfinder on twitter pin post right there at the top you will see all of our podcast places and specifically there's one for itunes which would uh really appreciate if you give us a five-star review let us know how we're doing um you know leave a comment and if you do leave a comment we will read that here on the show you can also call in leave us a message via voice at 1539-664-6801 shoot some mail over to our pathfinder grunt who'll get that to us over at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. Friends, we're going to catch up on our week to get started. Daedalus, what's been... Uh, there's some things i got to hit on here, but what's been new with you this week, man? How have you been doing? Good, good. Yeah, I had um, a really, really uh, great time on the Golden Feather podcast on Friday night. Um, was able to hang out with uh, Chibi and Vertek and had a good discussion about uh, this, this uh, week's stream uh also have been kind of really digging into getting ready for the new world launch happening next week uh just to kind of get my feet wet and get a little pvp practice in before ashes proper goes live mm -hmm. um eventually no <laughs> so yeah i've been been doing that pretty much and then just getting some stuff taken care of around the house but uh but yeah that's been my weekend in a nutshell nice man so yeah i've been busy doing uh myself i've been busy doing some uh website development stuff. Uh, I've got some helpful community curators like Alfina and, uh, you know, my fiance Mel who've been helping 
with a lot of things behind the scenes for another platform project for the Elder Scrolls Online. But uh, yeah, Ashes of Creation, our ESO, sorry, our Ashes HQ, which is like, you know, the sister site of the ESO HQ. They're all under the brand. It's been it's been a lot of work, but definitely been dug into ESO a lot. Um, obviously, we're, you know, not shifting away from Ashes around here. We do this damn show every week. Come hell or high water, unless it's completely unavoidable that we miss. Um, but yeah, I've gotten, I think in the past month, a few new game guides up outlining different things. Um, we've got some more coming up in the next month, uh, more coming up through the rest of the year. So plenty of new content or, um, content to help people just kind of digest ashes of creation uh, a bit more effectively and easily. That'll be coming to, um, asheshq.com and, uh, to the, the ashes HQ channel. We rebranded the ashes channel to ashes HQ. So if you've been following where this uh, podcast is posted, keep in mind, same channel, same place, still run by me, but <clears throat> we just rebranded it to Ashes HQ for all the Ashes stuff. Um, so that's kind of been the big thing I've been doing. It's like a lot of like the reworking on the brand and like getting things in line um, for all the websites and everything, um, kind of tweaking some of the Ashes HQ website uh, features and some of the the pages, cleaning them up, adding some things. We actually had something I added to the nodes page that we that uh, helpful community members here, Dean Frozen, super. Uh, thanks a lot to them for kind of ripping those from the most recent Ashes of Creation live stream, which was if you didn't catch it, this most uh, recent Friday, which would have been what the twenty uh, fourth, I believe. Um, we uh, caught that live. Took a lot of notes on that particular uh, live stream. And we're gonna be talking about some of those notes here. Um, Steven Sharif did jump on uh, BCG's podcast, uh, Discussion Round, I believe it's called, right? Isn't that the official name for it? Yeah, um, that is. Yeah, so he actually hit them up for their 100th episode. So they, they I think, have now hit 100 episodes too, which is great. Uh, and I think that Golden Feather might be coming up on hitting 100 soon as well. Yeah, so congrats to them for you know, almost they're almost to that point of hitting 100 as well. So, um, yeah, we're we're at what 144 today. It's freaking nuts, dude! How the time flies. Yeah. I feel like it was 100 for us like yesterday, and it's been yeah, months. it definitely time flies. I was I couldn't wow. even believe that we were um, we were almost at 150. So it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's it a is. lot, of, dude. Hitting 50 is a lot of time. Like, uh. This one of the sister podcasts for this show, the Looking for More podcast, which you can catch 5 p.m. CDT on Thursdays. <laughs> every time, baby, every time. It's a good show. That one's we we actually talk about Ashes there too occasionally. It's a recurring topic along with some other games because there's several of us there on the cast. There's like three of us total that are pretty regular there. Renfell, the Nathan Napalm, uh, myself. We have other people jump on. We're always looking for more, as it sounds to join that show as well as to join this round table here. But that one focuses a lot on just game development and well, what's ashes in development. So it comes up a lot. Uh, other games like Pantheon come up as well and things like that. Like Pantheon rise of the fallen, the Elder scrolls online games that we're really interested in that we enjoy playing. We also talk a lot about like, you know, D and D tabletop has been getting a lot of love. I mean, both of them, uh, Renfell and uh, the Nathan Apom both are really big into tabletop for anyone who actually I guess this is a quick like cut out that I want to share this too because this is a bit of an announcement but not like the official announcement but it is an announcement and I'll be sharing this in our discord over discord.gg forward slash smorg 
um, if you go there. I'll be dropping that in variety here today. But there is a, a project coming up. And I know a lot of people have been, um, I, I myself am have am fascinated by D&D and tabletop. I, I, I love everything it has to offer. I love the this imaginative world that you can jump into. And I mean, hell, what was Ashes of Creation? It was formed from a Pathfinder campaign of Stevens. Tabletop, yep. right? I mean, it's very much like D&D, right? So uh, with that being said, like this is in the realm of conversation for the show and for, well, any of those nerdy things that we talk about in the LFM podcast. We talk about, you know, books. Well, talk about rich stories. So Ashes comes up a lot there. We talk about that here a lot as well. And um, we're, we're putting together a team, actually. Um, we're looking for more, if you will. But here in the next month or so, I'm actually going to be part of a very long-term D&D project that is going to be formed by that D Nathan Napalm and Renfell and myself are all going to be a part of, and we're going to do a campaign. Um, I'm going to post the announcement that Renfell made, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I've, I've wanted to be a part of a D and D campaign for a very long time. And I know that Renfell and we're, we're looking for a couple more, I think people um, that are interested. We're going to do like a, probably a two to three month uh, campaign to run through to kind of get everybody there um, you know, kind of fluid on the, the rules and how to play it. I'm, I know myself, I need to, I need that. Um, I've got the books back there, but that doesn't, that doesn't cut it when it comes to experience and playing yourself. There's a lot of people in this community who watch the show, who watch ashes, who are into ashes, who are waiting for it that are into D and D and tabletop as well. This might be something you're interested in. Um, I'm going to be part of this. It's going to be moving forward in the next month or so. Um, for the few months and then early next year, uh, we're going to be like doing a pretty big long-term project that'll be regular and stuff like that. So if you're into it, check out the discord that's kind of coming soon. That's a kind of a big announcement. That's a big deal for me because that's a very, you've got to dedicate to something like D and D, um, especially if you want to have the same members consistently, that's the tough thing. That's like a podcast, man right? Like a podcast. It's really tough to find yeah, definitely. consistent members who are there consistently, right? Like period. Speaking of which, people are like, where's Half Tilt? He's gone for a couple weeks doing some some stuff and things. He'll be back probably after about another week. Um, so he's he'll be here. He's, he's coming back. He's just gone for a little bit. Um, but anyway, there's that, right? Um, also another, I guess, small announcement that's self-serving is, uh, I've, I've been wor working on my book a lot, uh, lately, uh, the world building aspects, preparing to write my first book. And I'm planning on probably end of this year to early next year, getting the first book started. So creatively, I have a lot of pieces on the table that I'm, I'm juggling right now. Um, I kind of just decided to go all in, you know, and just roll the dice and give it all a shot. Cause you know, no time like the present. And you know, it, I'm about that place in my life where it's time to do it so i'm just gonna get to it um but i did watch bcg's stream today with steven who was on that podcast which aired earlier um yeah. caught my attention because i think i got pinged in discord by a comment that bcg made so it's good to know that this narrative makes its way on to another podcast but <laughs> he mentioned something about uh, looting a metropolis or ninja looting a metropolis and i saw all the chuckles there i don't know that i was actually men mentioned but i can't help feeling like that was uh is that did that happen did, did they did that was like an indirect 
reference to me as a ninja that leader. happened yeah i i witnessed it firsthand the narrative it, is not true it was glorious to oh, quote no uh, the quote of Wait. we all know so well lurks in that was your question in chat oh no oh my gosh dude so ridiculous and then there were a couple of takeaways. Most of the stuff that they talked about was not like really new news um, for me. Uh, there was one talk about the potion launcher being on uh, as an answer. I'm lolling in chat right now. There was one uh, thing about the potion launcher being integrated into naval combat. This was a confirmation of what I, we, I think we talked about. We had some speculation around here on the show sometime back. It makes sense, right? As long as they don't bounce around, because I don't think that's going to, I don't know. That could yeah. work. It bounces off the ship, blows up in the water, but you know, that doesn't really work. That doesn't. No, no. Um, so potion launcher is the new gunpowder. So it's alchemical substances are your part of your ammunition and explosive material. We talked about this and thought about how it would be cool if in alchemy, this was like a pathway to creating sort of like you know because to me in in apoc i didn't care for the mm -hmm. potion launcher a whole lot i didn't like it bouncing around and i always up. killed myself with that damn thing so <laughs> i never picked it up <laughs> yeah i know it's funny though because super in chat's like alchemical substances you mean like gunpowder and it's like yeah right but it's not gunpowder but it's what gunpowder <laughs> it's like it, it's funny man it's like magical alchemical substances but alchemical substances I, i'm very essence powder i'm very curious how this isn't going to be somehow the same as gunpowder when we when we get down to creating it i'm i'm extremely fascinated on seeing how it, it it isn't some way pretty much the same thing but anyway if it's something we create and it's just something we just have because magic um or because alchemy i don't know they'll call it gun flower no flower powder flower power flower powder wait no that's mario hold on i can't do this i can't i can't i can't <laughs> we just poke fun it's a fun time man also this was good to hear this we didn't get any timelines but alpha 2 correct me if i'm wrong we're getting all the classes for alpha 2 yeah base classes um, possibly augments as well for a few yeah there was a ton i mean one of their wrap-up questions was like hey what can we expect in alpha 2 and he just went rambled you know yeah he just right rambled on. and he's like do i have and it was like literally like a minute or two left and he's like uh how much time do i have i mean but he was just talking about i mean the the class piece was you know fantastic and plus the fact that they um talked about what can we expect in the next three months Right. And one of the things that Stephen talked about is you're going to get information on all the base classes. Right. He didn't say like what order and whether all of them will be done by the next in the next three months. But that's kind of the next big content milestone that they're sharing, which that was exciting in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But like they were talking about like start of naval combat and or start of like, you know, there will be some ships available in Alpha 2 and some other things. So it was just a a lot of you know great like uh information uh to get, keep our feet wet here or our our ourselves poised for alpha 2 because it's like there's a lot more content that they're planning right that i think 
we maybe thought they might do, but now they're really starting to confirm some of it, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely, man. Oh, speaking of stuff and things, though, man, there were a few very excited. It's felt like such an exciting time for me lately as a, as a person who is a gamer, as a person who loves fantasy worlds. Sidebar, can we just talk about geek stuff for a second? We usually do all this in the LFM mm-hmm. podcast, but there's yeah, so sure. many good things coming out right now. Like, look, I'm not playing New World, but it's exciting. We have a new MMORPG. It looks like it's going to be solid. It looks like it's going to be a good play. We've got some exciting news about what's going to be in Alpha 2. Freaking the Wheel of Time is in November, right? If you're into fantasy nerdy stuff, like the Wheel of Time's coming to Amazon in freaking November. The freaking Witcher second season's coming. Yeah, I was literally about to mention that. Yeah, in December. Oh, I'm so excited, dude. Trailer, yeah, for that. Wow. We've got Dune coming out soon. Freaking. Yes. Right? Next year, what's in September next year? It's escaping my mind right now. Someone's going to remind me. Ah, this is killing me. Uh, da, 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 da. anyway, whatever it was there and I lost it. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, the expanse is coming out. We got, oh, Kotor yes, coming the out. expanse. Oh, yes, mm, dude, so much good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was really, really pleasantly surprised at that announcement on Kotor because it's been, well, it's been a while, um, since I've mm. experienced that. Um, and, and I really enjoyed the story in that. So being able to see it for the next generation i just i mean i hope they don't mess it up <laughs> no but but i i do i do feel pretty excited about that it is uh i'm telling you man they they had a couple really big takeaways on the, on the ashes podcast and i'm just like super excited with a lot of things in gaming right now like i'm excited about the changes with the elder scrolls online that they're making right they're resolving some things that have been issues there Ashes has got all this stuff coming up. I mean, potentially we get to look at some of these new classes here in the next few months, right? I'm assuming leading up to Alpha 2, we're going to get the reveal video sort of stuff. We're going to have probably an opportunity to, to do some theory crafting, which I'm excited about. We haven't done theory crafting on fresh class stuff on this channel since Alpha Zero days, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, when he said that, I mean, I legit was just super stoked because I have been waiting to really get some really detailed. Well, I wouldn't say that they're maybe they won't go in too much detail, but to get anything on the Bard um, and some of these other classes. I mean, I know Half Tilt is probably like when he watches this later on, he's going to be like, Ranger. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's ready. I know he's ready for that. So, yeah, definitely. We got like treasure hunting. I saw someone redeeming a sim rant, not the place for it, but we we will joke about this. But do, do we love theory crafting? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We love theory. We love theory crafting like a fat kid likes cake, man. <laughs> you know Come what on. I'm saying? I like them. Yes, yes. I had to reel <laughs> it back, but absolutely. There are so many things over the next like year that are coming out that are just it's, it's exciting times, man. It's exciting yeah, times. Um, oh, that's what was next September, man. The freaking Tolkien universe show oh, is September. Right. That's the Amazon, next September. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's all looking good, man. It's yeah. a good time to be a nerd, man. It's a damn good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So, okay. Big takeaways. I don't know, man. Let me hit this social media thing here. Can we just a moment? We're going to lull a bit here, but Ashes of Creation posted a feature of a recent pet that was being created in a cosmetic pack. Some of you all might have seen this. Uh, I don't know. W- w- little shroom. Little shroom. Now, if you're here, watch. If you're listening to this, you're going to miss out on seeing this live. But they mentioned the shroom was thick with two C's. And I was like, wait, you did not just show the bum of that shroom and really showcase the booty. Oh, no, that happened. I was like, I was like, you did not just do that. And they they responded. Whoever was doing the social response said, oh, yes, we did. And I was like, they panned down to show off the voluptuous fungi bootay. That, that would be fungus. Fungus. <laughs> that is the thick fungus. That's literally what's going on here, dude. Yeah, I, I like, had this honestly. I had the same reaction you did. I'm like, oh no, they didn't. They didn't just pan down. But, I was like, wait, you know what? what? I was like, what is going on here? I did not expect to see thumb gas on the ashes, asses. Wait, ashes. Twitter. Look, that mistake is made sometimes. But when you think asses of creation, please. Remember the thick fung ass bootay that they showcased on their Twitter. And remember when Steven Goose up and says asses of creation, think fung ass. Okay. Think fung ass, make it a thing. Hashtag ass, asses fung ass. Not going to lie. Okay. I wear a fung ass shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a merch ideas, Maggie. You better be listening. How about that fung ass? Ashes of fungus, asses of fungus. I don't know, man. I just want to see what happens. Anyway, that was hilarious. That was an unexpected lull moment for me. I was just like, dude, I can't even. I can't even, man. I can't even handle it. I was like, no, they didn't. Oh, they did. They they showed off the the freaking shrooms ass. So, if you didn't see it, go check out their Twitter and lol. But. On a side note, I just had to say uh, that that made my day when I saw that. I was like, unbelievable, you guys, because I never (laughs) in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would have seen that on their Twitter. I would not have thought that. Nope. Nope. Unbelievable. I know. Hey, everybody in chats loving the fun gas. That's great. That's great, everybody. Much love, everybody. (laughs) Okay, we talked about some live stream stuff. We talked about some podcast stuff outside of this show. Now, friends, we got a good, we got a couple pages here, okay, of stuff and things. I'm going to make, I made some notes specific to the Node showcase. They Node case, some Node simulation that they've been working on. And as if you're here watching right now, you're going to see this is their world map. And this is Nodes in Action. They have simulations running to account for player behavior, choices that are made, where experience is gained, how experience is gained. They, this is good. This is extremely good, in my opinion, and here's why. I've had, people have had 
and yes, this has been noted. The Q is missing on this. If you look at the letters, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, da, 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 no Q down below. It was funny that that was caught. I was like, okay, cool. I don't know. I don't know why the Q is missing. Maybe it's because they didn't want to summon the Q from Star Trek, you know, because he'll come wreck your whole world if that happens. But <laughs> Q continuum, you don't want to tinker with it, man. I don't know what to say. It's the only, only logic I can give you. Um, but we do have some points we're going to hit into. Uh, we got the full live stream, uh, live stream discussion points here. But uh, the, the points on nodes. So I'm going to go ahead and I went back through. We did our post Ashes of Creation live stream discussion as always. We do it every time we watch it, hang out discord. We go live afterwards and we went live afterwards. And when we did, this is what we had to look at. And we gathered, or I gathered some outline points. Okay. Augment tick rate to show passage of time. They're counting for that with the simulation. Showing the territories of what nodes are governing. This is talking about zones of influence. Stephen also mentioned that as the simulation advances and nodes expand territory, you see power level and rating applied to specific nodes, which determines which nodes take over power and what nodes push back against that power as they're gaining experience, right? It also health, uh, simulates a health ticker that they're utilizing to kind of showcase advancement and experience gain, okay? They also talked about certain events can be disabled. Certain services can be disabled and progression can be showcased, leaving areas vulnerable to attack by zombies, etc. So we're thinking hordes of creatures, um, things in the world that could be running rampant. This could be things that are spawned as a result of unlocking content, or it could just be things in the world that exist anyway as a result of a node being established and developing to where it is at whatever stage it is. Um, also talked about simulating sieges and successes or failures. That's part of the simulation as well. Okay. <laughs> also, this simulation showed off 111 nodes. And Steven said he wasn't really sure of the tick frequency, although uh, each second was between 12 to 24 hours. So each second outlined on this is showcasing that in its time frame for that one second. Uh, over time, you start to see the node systems growing to places where you could see a metropolis, right? You see them expanding, you see them shifting into other territories. Also, one important note on the simulation is that nodes are not symmetrical, right? Or they're not, they don't have the same shape. They don't have the same framework. They don't have the same ZOI. They're different. They're not, they're, they're, they're uh, abstractly shaped or they're not the same exact shape from one node to the next in regard to the ZOIs. And one thing that I thought was important was it looked like the ZOIs changed in shape as well based on all of this. Mm -hmm. And that was big. That one for me was a big one because it's not really something that, I don't know, may, I could have missed it, but it's not something we've really talked about that the ZOI could change over time based on development. I'm not saying that that's the case because Steven did say, right? Don't theorycraft this. Don't speculate. Sorry, that's going to happen, right? Yeah. But it is just speculation. It is just theorycrafting. That doesn't mean it's set in stone. It's all subject to change. But the simulation allowed the team to simulate world progression and see strange happenings that may not have been predicted. 
for example, simulating player behavior. Okay. Thoughts, community, data list. This is this was this was a big showcase. Yeah, I mean I, I had the worst luck ever. I was, you know, happened to be watching this while I was working and I got a call immediately when this map came up and I was like, whoa, ah. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome stuff. I mean, I I was really pleasantly surprised. I did not expect this. Mm -hmm. Um and, and one of the things that kind of caught called out a little bit in chat was around just the seasons as well. And I I don't know, I'm kind of theory crafting a bit here, but it feels like potentially like some of this might also have like be documenting like if there's like an event like that potentially has like the white in here, I'm just thinking might be like, you know, some sort of, you know, frost dragon event or something. I don't know. I just that, that's me going like super right. nerdy on this, but yeah, I, I would have to say this this was my like my biggest like you know aha moment you know takeaway moment from the stream is this I yeah. I did not expect this and I'm really really excited at the level of depth that they're going into and playing out these scenarios so they can account for as much as possible in terms of the way they're gating content um, and I say that in like. I'm not a fan of content gating in general, but I think in terms of like how they're setting this up, I actually I'm okay with it. Uh, and I like the fact that they're really testing this thoroughly versus just kind of haphazardly just saying, okay, well, you need to be, you know, this level, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to get to certain content. It's all about like feeding on where the player interaction is happening. And I do love the fact that the nodes aren't symmetrical and that as you know nodes potentially get more experience and take on vassals you've got something that mm. is a little more um i would say and i would say um you know loose but it's it's a lot uh less kind of binary in terms of okay i'm either in an area or not in an area in terms of mm. like just you know standard shapes it's really um you know it's really dynamic that way and plus the fact that this world this looks in comparison huge i don't know i just i feel like you know we got this small slice of you know vertical slice with the alpha and we keep saying on this podcast you know you, we don't know what's under the hood we don't know what's like what else they're working on this is kind of now getting a peek into that um and again you know steven did say don't theory craft right but still yeah. I mean, I, I would say, like, definitely said node positioning is not accurate, but I would be very, very surprised um, if this wasn't the actual map and this wasn't the way they were, you know, setting it up. I don't know. They, they, they might keep that close to the chest, but it just feels like this, that part of it was like, okay, yeah, I could see this carrying into live. No, we don't have a lot of information of all this stuff they're tracking. And they mentioned on the left-hand side of the screen, there's all these, what the colors and the shapes and all of that mean. Uh, so I know there's a lot more, but this, this was definitely a huge reveal. It was a massive reveal. Um, and I think especially for the people that over time as this game has been in development, really been trying to account for the fact that, you know, well, are they really paying attention to A, B, C, and D? You know, we haven't seen no development. You know, 
are they accounting for these different things? I think, I think this is also very important because people want nodes three, like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep in mind, like they might have a lot of layers to account for and what they're showcasing for us for nodes three or four that we probably don't know about that they probably I'm, I'm working under an assumption that a lot of what they're evaluating here is probably stuff that they need to have ironed out before they showcase that. Mm -hmm. We get a lot from nodes one and two, but I could see, I could see a whole revamp of the node series coming out because nodes one and two were part of what Kickstarter timeframe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? I think even on the, the BCG podcast, yeah. they talked about maybe, you know, it might be time for them to kind of re remake nodes one and two and, and you hit mm -hmm. the nail on the head with the uh, nodes four, right? Is everybody's been so like mean to death about node three? There's there's four parts in this, yeah. so I can and and we got again some rough time frames from Stephen about that. Is I've been saying what I've always been saying. It's it's going to be after alpha two, right? And then closer to end of the beta is nodes four, and that's just a lot of content, right? That yeah. they need to hash out and and the level at which they're simulating this i mean you we can only glean like what these different icons and colors and events mean right other than maybe fleshing out high level like node location and zoi but um you know i there's just there's so much more i think we don't know that they're keeping close to the chest and plus the fact that they're planning so much content for alpha 2 it just leads me to believe that I don't expect Stephen would have talked about that as much as if they weren't like workhorsing behind the scenes on all this content while the engineers were kind of breaking down whatever happened in Alpha. All right. Yeah. I kind of wonder too about like what, what they might be working. You know, there was another big, uh, we, we talked about like, um, we talked about the node points, right? Points on nodes, mm -hmm. node development, things like that. There was also another pretty big talking point that when we talk about like what they're working on behind the scenes that Steven made some notes about, and he talked about uh, some effects of optimization that they've been working on. For example, uh, talking about different materials, data objects that impact renders on the client side, which we'll talk about that in a bit too, because they did have a video, which I don't have to show you today, but it is an important talking point that we're going to have a conversation about. Uh, I think it's actually very important to discuss and make sure people hear about this one. Um, so he talked about the, well, we'll go ahead and talk about it, right? They showed off a 1000 character slash player simulated render. Okay. Well, not simulated. It was a rendering and it was showing 1000 characters players whatever you want to call it on this nice flat cut out of space and you've got them all there and you see the camera panning around from different angles to different perspectives and as the camera is panning you can watch the fps you can see that the fps is struggling now in the initial showcase of this 1000 players um or you know npcs characters whatever he discussed that the processing requests of a GPU and a CPU and everything uh, or a GPU and how it can impact like the CPU and the performance of a game dropping impacting frame rate uh, FPS 
And he was showing off a thousand of these like characters. And he explained that each of the players being rendered currently was taking into account rendering. Like you look at an outfit on a character, right? And you look at the outfit and you think, okay, well, there's a variety of different things that they're wearing. They could have the shoulders, they could have the chest, they could have the legs. Um, and we already know that there's a very big focus on modular design behind Ash as a creation. And when you look at all these characters, yeah, perfect. Nine slots on armor that you could see potentially that's 9,000 items, right? When you think about nine per character, 1000 characters, and each of them needs to be rendered individually because they all have their own appearance and all this stuff. So what they've been looking at doing. And they showed this on stream, which to me, this was a big tech takeaway, a big tech showcase for what they're doing. And I was actually surprised that they were showing it off. They cut off some parts of the screen so the people didn't see certain things because that's what they wanted. That's behind the scenes stuff. You don't get to see that. You just get to see the delivery of the presentation. Presentation is each character out of those 1000 characters, each piece of uh, gear has to render individually. What they're working on doing is creating a system where the GPU isn't focused on calculating rendering for each different item piece on the player, but instead it's viewing the mesh as a whole outfit instead of it just being one piece per, you know, it, you're essentially looking at one piece per player instead of nine pieces per player under that working condition. That's, that's a, a very big difference in what you're having to render for a thousand players in a space. Steven, it's becoming very clear to me. He's committed to 250 v 250 combat in in the same space. It is very clear he's aiming much higher than that. Oh yeah. Not even just the hopeful 500 v 500. This is big. Server sizes for Ashes are going to be big, much bigger than even like New World, right? And The Elder Scrolls Online has a mega server, but still people are phased out to ensure that, that you, you know, only so many people are shown at a time and everything. So, you know, this is big, man, showing some very significant improvement. He showed the first version, which was nine pieces being rendered per character out of a thousand versus this simulation of rendering one mesh, same items and everything, same difference in appearances, etc but only one mesh per and you saw a drastic improvement to the FPS performance, man, drastic. So that was, that was big, man. That was big. Now, does that mean we're going to get that? Does that mean that look, sky's the limit. That's what they're aiming for, right? Shooting for the moon, still aiming for it, but damn, that was like impressive. That was a big showcase between the node showcase the node simulation showcase and that I was not expecting all of that. That was a hell of a, a bouncing back from alpha, man. We, we got our last live stream, which was, I'm not going to say lackluster. I'm not, they were coming off the end of a big ass testing for a month and a half that they were working their asses on or asses off on. They're working on getting into the studio. It, it wasn't lackluster, it, but it was minimal in comparison to some of the other ones. Right. And, understandably so in my opinion but this one boy they threw they threw a couple tasty morsels to to us that i didn't expect and that was another big one 
still saying this is just the beginning of optimization efforts that alpha one was not addressing these things. It was focusing on optimizing server performance, not optimizing frame rate, not optimizing how many people are in a single space. Although that was clearly worked on. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. So exciting times, man. That was a very big one for me. That was huge. And we're not even in a place where this optimization is done. We're not. It's big, man. It's impressive. And yeah, in chat, got some, uh, you know, reaffirming statements about the difference between New World servers and we're aiming for 10K for Ashes. New World's like 1 to 2K. Right? Elder Scrolls Online, in Cyrodiil, you still aren't going to see everybody. If you have a, a lot of people in place, you're only going to get at what? I don't even know what the number is. A couple hundred or something, maybe. I think it is. It, it could be around 200-ish, maybe, or something. I'd have to look and get the numbers to get the accurate. But I'm not citing you, so I, I know it's in the hundreds. and It's definitely not super high. I feel like Steven's really aiming high here. I think he wants to be able to, you know, really have crazy numbers be possible. Yeah, I would agree there. Um, you know, those definitely, I would say, were like also my like biggest takeaways in terms of like just the tech and how where they are now. Because obviously, I mean, I think he, you know, very, you know, reasonably admitted, okay, yeah, the, you know, the models aren't moving, they aren't casting spells, but it's still a baseline, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that was my takeaway there. Um, I think a couple of the other things that I think were really, really good. One from a tech perspective also was the fact that they now have a strike team like UE5. working on UE5. Yep. I was like, I was not expecting that either because I know in the past there's been some communication. They're like, mm, yeah, we're we're not really sure we're going to go there just because that's going to potentially, you know, take time away from the development mm -hmm. but the fact that they are now putting some dedicated resources there man that that's good i mean there is like you know a little bit of anxiety with some scope creep but at the same time seeing what ue5 can do i'm not necessarily complaining about it right i i feel like i've gotten into the mode where i'm really excited about this game but I really want it to be one of those when it's done releases versus just pushing something out. And, and I, I know that Steven is going to be that kind of when it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I just hope there's some balance there that we're not um, taking on too much, but the fact that he's got some people working on UE five was exciting for me. Um, and I think the other thing that I, I think we even called it, might have been we we might have called it on the podcast is we're like hey we really want to see orcs and i'll be darned yeah there were some orcs on there there were some thick boys on there <laughs> there's uh, some thick boys dwarves too the dwarves yeah dwarves too very yeah, hearty like, dwarves you know they had the hearty yeah, dwarves definitely. on there <laughs> I, I don't know if Wizzy's in chat, but she was definitely loving the dwarves for sure we yeah. were chatting about it yeah. um but yeah, most definitely. I mean, I was excited about the orcs. Like literally, I was like, okay, now I want to create an orc, right? You know, they had 
like we had some discussion on kind of in the community on this this week in which colors we like better. I mean, definitely there were some hog vibes with the green one, but I really like kind of the red one too. I mean, it just felt like I'm starting to see all this come into fruition in terms of options. And plus the fact that they talked about their character creator being one of the most comprehensive ones ever seen in an MMO. I mean, I think I joked like to myself, I'm like, okay, well how we're going to give it to you early guys. And I was like, okay, can I get it about a month in advance? Cause that's going to take me that much time to like plan out maybe one or two or 10 characters right on how I want to do it and save them just so I can have them on deck. But yeah, it was really good stuff. I mean, that part of it, like, you know, in terms of nerding out, I definitely nerded out on the tech stuff because, you know, it's awesome. But I also nerded out on some of this other stuff too, which was like more related to like the world building, the level of detail. I mean, it's, it's always going to be like, they're going to be very close to detail but it doesn't fail to like pleasantly surprise me every time just to see like the results of that. Like the difference between concept, yeah. you know, and actual is very minimal in a good way. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a lot of great stuff. And this was such a packed dream. Yeah. I was... just, I was very, very, very excited about this. There was a lot, a lot to be excited about, man. Um, Look on the on the Unreal Engine Five thing. I remember back when Unreal Engine Five was announced. How many people were really going? They got to do this. They got to do it. Look, look, man. I'm I'm gonna reiterate upon something I've done before. It would it would have been a missed opportunity if Steven wasn't looking into that potential possibility, right? Because game longevity. If you want it to go the distance, that's that's a that's a formula for going the distance, right? Would Ashes could Ashes could launch on Unreal Engine four and stay on Unreal Engine four for a decade and still look freaking beautiful? Okay, it will. I don't care what anybody says. Hundred percent believe fully Absolutely. that the evidence supports that that is, is possible. Okay, and their design for the characters and the environment and their approach to the level of realism versus right fantasy right art style that they've been going for it's a good it hits that middle ground that the elder scrolls has hit it's it's not too too realistic to where that's going to get dated period and it's not going to look good later versus being super cartoony and not really being as appealing to having that environmental like uh sort of like aesthetic to it that you get when you look at a high fantasy world in something like movies like lord of the rings or avatar or something you know what i mean so there's and again this is just my perspective here but the thing is is like you have to think that unreal engine 5 is in development right they have to account for is it going to be possible to move into unreal engine 5 are they going to have what we need when we want this game to launch in order for us to make that transition and the game not essentially running on a test engine. You don't want a live game running on a test engine. Right. But at the same time, you you probably want the opportunity to shift over to Unreal Engine 5 if it's possible from 4. But when's the best time to do that? Well, same as the best time to work on any of the other things you want to change. Like Steven talked about on stream, 
talking about things like the dwarf, right? People didn't like it, didn't think that they were bulky enough, right? I think the Nikwa dwarves would rock that look just fine. It would make sense. But the Dunir, I think, would need to be would need to be thicker, would need to have more muscle mass, would have to be more stout. Because they're they still they still hammer down. They still, you know, are probably living in mountains and 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 probably like, you know, by lava, like hammering away on freaking blacksmithing and, and all of that sort of stuff. Like I would believe. So they should be built more than like the Nikwa who are casting fishing lines and living on the coast. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so but he said, like, this is the time early in development where we can really work on making those changes, things for combat, all these different layers. When's the best time to see if you can make a shift to another engine? This is the time. Now, I think Unreal as an engine would be missing a massive opportunity if they didn't work with Intrepid Studios to make an MMORPG as a flagship for their engine possible for unreal engine five, man, it would be, I would be absolutely shocked if that wasn't a conversation that's already happened. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, that, that just feels like it would, um, it would benefit both companies quite well Mm -hmm. to have that partnership. And, and to have them partnering with their, you know, the UE support now. Yep. And as they're doing this strike team thing, I mean, I'm expecting they're already doing that mm-hmm, um, or at least have plans to do it. And I agree with you, right? I mean, even if the game itself doesn't launch on UE5, I wouldn't be disappointed either. I think no. you said it, you know, well, the game is going to look beautiful. I mean, it looks beautiful now in friggin' Alpha 1, yeah. let alone release when you've got all those polished you know steps happening but uh but at least have a roadmap knowing that as you know you want to get more ambitious with your content and your level of detail i mean if even possible you pretty much set the bar pretty damn high already all right but uh but yeah i mean i think that would it would be a disservice if they if they didn't like put some resources just to at least understand what their roadmap is going to look like with UE5 because I, I feel like that would be um, you know that would be a really great way to benefit both companies and and, and frankly push the genre forward. Yeah. We haven't had you know I would say there's there's definitely contenders out there. I mean New World looks great. Um, you know there's a lot of you know really high poly count um type of experiences and as you know games have evolved but just continuing to push the envelope i just feel like that's that's the voice in steven's head all the time what are we going to do next to like move this forward and make it different and make it better and so on and we know that ash as a creation going all the way back to the kickstarter days the, the team already shared now unless it's changed i would we don't know but it, i would be shocked again if this changed that they've been working with the Unreal team to outline solutions to make what they are planning to do in Unreal possible. That that's been on the table for years since what mm-hmm. almost five years ago when we start when we started covering this game, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. We we've been covering on on this channel of mine. I've been covering it since the end of 2015. 
or was it 16? I don't remember anymore. 2016? Yeah, 2016, sorry. End of that year, right? And it was six months later that we got the Kickstarter, right? And when we got into the Kickstarter days, like we we did we didn't know a lot, but when we got into that, we got bombarded with all the plans, all the possibilities, all of the different layers. And this was a conversation that went back to those days, right? We even knew it was going to be an Unreal before that. So the fact that there's a strike team put together, this doesn't seem to me like we'll see what happens. This seems like planning for the planning for the goal, I think. Now, here's the thing to keep in mind, though. If they were to make the shift to Unreal Engine 5 and things aren't put together yet, that, I think, could potentially delay the game. Yeah. I know that people don't want to hear that. My question to the community is, and this isn't, these aren't facts. This is just a guy talking. We're just talking, right? We're not saying this is what you should expect from the team. We're not doing that, right? We're not presenting it as a fact. We're presenting it as our thoughts and our opinions. And my thought and opinion is, that if they do go through with the transition on Unreal Engine 5, which, by the way, I would fully support, it is very likely it will delay the game. I believe this. I don't know for how long. I don't know by how much. But as a community, how would you all feel about that? Is that something you'd be supportive of? Why or why not? This is a This is a question to ask. I think it's important to kind of put these feelers out there and get an idea of what the community feels about this. Um, look, delays happen in game development. This would be a planned delay, but potentially if it were to happen, it would be so difficult to make, to work under an assumption that this wouldn't delay the game and that we should, I am a hundred percent supportive of this because from my perspective, if it delays it another year, six months to a year or whatever, if that were to happen, I don't think it would be a year, by the way. I think it'd be more like probably six months. I think mm-hmm. I think there would they'd be working to bridge the gap. And I think that the Unreal team would probably, again, speculation, be working to like provide solutions for this um sooner than later because it's such a great opportunity for both sides. Um I, I could see a six month delay. I could. I could see going through testing for, you know three to six months probably pretty easily um, to, to work on seeing how the solutions impact things. But aside from that, I would so support it because in regard to the game's longevity, this is so good. So good. Right. Cause I not just like, I don't think even, I don't even think you're going to see the full potential for what them launching this in this, uh, engine would really be able to provide even until the game's further along to be honest but that's a great thing because right now you've got other games like the elder scrolls online testing dlaa for anti-aliasing showcasing in that game right now what that can do for nvidia anti-aliasing right it's it's important to like take advantage of tech that can provide uh longevity for the game and this is what's doing for the elder scrolls online in my opinion Right. And other games have other things that are happening too to help provide those types of solutions for game longevity. This would be huge for Ashes. I mean, in a way that I can't even fully articulate, I think. Um, anyway, Unreal Engine 5, they've got a team for it. This is 
freaking beautiful news, man. Really beautiful news. Um, okay. We've rambled on, on three points specifically. These were big ones. Let's hit on all the other stuff real quick. Updates on the studio. Sounds like they're still kind of where they were last time. Working on getting in there. Work, working on getting furniture set up. Um, I'm not too sure when we're going to see them in there. Um, I, I feel like probably end of the year at this point. It's probably yeah, realistic. I would say so. It's a lot of real world things that we have to take into account as well. Um, they, unfortunately, we didn't get any goalposts on Alpha 2. Um, on the timetables for it. I still say again, I would like to see not rigid set goalposts that we can fully expect to be where we're going. Just just give us something to work with. Right? Here are the uh, goalposts we got to hit before we get to Alpha 2. Here's where we're at. We don't have timelines on when we're hitting these. We're planning to, but these are what they are. Here's what we got to hit before we get there. And here's where we are in hitting them so far. That to me is a, a beautiful win for everybody, if that happens. Um, there was definitely some some people that had some conflicting perspectives on the doors when they were being shown. Um, I think I wanna get some people's feedback on that too. The artist concept uh, on the orcs, Steven stated, orcs are the tallest race. So that's a big one. I actually didn't expect that, but awesome. Yeah, and he talked about the fact that you could make them, you know, more or less muscular too, which I think also added some layers to our of differentiation and uniqueness between characters, which is you know also really good too. Because maybe you don't want to go full thick boy. Right. <laughs> we already know the Vec aren't going to be able to get as thick too, and um, there yeah. was a. It was like a, I think I had a conversation with people in my chat that day. Um, what do you think of this idea? I, I think in flexibility of the character creator, I would like to see I, very clearly, I think both of the sub races for the parent race, we speak, I, I'm referencing parent races like Ayla humans, for example, mm -hmm. right? They, the Ayla go to Sanctus over the eons, over the thousands of years, when they return, we we have sub races. We have the Veiloon and the Kalar. Both are humans, but they've clearly evolved in different ways, culturally and otherwise. Um, and as a result, they don't look in appearance the same. Right? Physically, they do not have the same appearance. They have different different appearances. Right? The uh, Veiloon have a very different culture than the Kalar. Right now, they they still right. are races, and they still share the same parent race. They're still the same, you know, human race, but they've gone very different directions. And the thing is, is I think what would be a really good goalpost for the character creator, people are mm -hmm. like, we don't like the doors that look like this. We don't like the doors that look like this. Or the Vec are going to be uh, different than like the Renkai are going to be compared, you know, to the the you know the parent orcs and everything. Um, so what's the what's the good medium on the character creator i think having two ends of the spectrum where you can go full you know thick boy maybe on one end mm -hmm. and then the other end is like a little bit like this middle ground of going the parent race is here and we branched off in two different directions and these being your polarizing ends maybe to where this is like the drastic you know extremes you can go on one end but then when you come back to where you kind of get close to meeting in the middle 
And I mm -hmm. think the dwarves are a good example of that, right? Maybe you've got this middle ground where the Nikwa can get, you know, maybe they can be slimmer. Maybe they aren't as bulky and muscle as much muscle mass versus like the Dunir who are definitely bulkier, more muscle mass. Maybe there's this medium to where they can get closer to resembling their parent race from thousands of years ago. Right. Right. Like the dudes and kill dwarves mm -hmm. for the Nikwa and the Dunir. I think that's a good goalpost. Not quite getting there, though, but getting closer to that appearance to where they more closely resemble that appearance. And then on the other end of the spectrum, going full out Dunir, full out Nikwa, and whatever that might be, be capable of. I think Vec and, and you know, the Renkai are another good example of that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the Kalar and the Veiloon, another good example of that. Um, you know, the, the two L's. You got the, the Tolnar, though. I. I would have also agree with some people in chat. I think I would have expected them to maybe have been potentially taller just because of like beast people, but we don't know what beast that's going to incorporate fully yet either. So, you know, because they kind well, of plus, yeah, yeah. Plus with the Tolnar, I think we saw some early like silhouettes. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken and, you know, keep me honest dear people watching and listening here, but I thought they were in kind of a rework mode they are, yeah. and they were potentially going to evolve, right? Mm -hmm. Pardon the pun, but I think <laughs> there is going to be some more iteration on what the Tolnar, um, mm -hmm. the Tolnar will end up looking like. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd be interested to see kind of how that evolves too. Cause obviously now that we're starting to see, you know, the Renkai, want to see the vac definitely um you know just wanting to kind of get a, a feel for what the rest of the races are really going to fill out for and all this talk about you know ue5 it makes me think i mean how much better is this potentially going to make the quality of the models because they're already like at least what we've seen i mean in yeah. in alpha obviously they needed to keep it simple right mm -hmm. um so i, I you know, definitely, if you played Alpha One, don't judge the models there. Um, but definitely feel like they're gonna, you know, it's gonna be really interesting to see what once we get closer to more like polished, uh, how what the level of detail is gonna be and what types of things they're going to do from an immersion perspective in terms of like emotes, in terms of, um, you know, facial expressions, that kind of thing. I mean, that there's a lot you can do that this team tends to think about that most MMOs don't. <laughs> so True. I'd be interested to see how that shakes out as well. So um, we got to see some mounts, right? We got the Evan Horse mount. There was the freaking Glimmering Geode mount. This, that thing... <laughs> Enter the Matrix, dude. Yeah, for sure. Right? I was like, what, dude? I was like, holy yeah. hell. That was crazy. Yeah, they're, they're, definitely, um, they're definitely keeping it interesting there. And frankly, that Ebon Mount, man, I can't wait for the effects pass to get on mm. that. And the crow, they were talking about the crows, and I was just like, literally, that was, a, once again, yet another nerd out moment yeah. for this stream was the fact that you could have like the crows fly in and fly out and oh yeah. Right. I mean that that was that was good stuff there. 
for sure. Yeah, because the the horse, like it was like pulsing with that red mm -hmm. like aura, uh, ambient sort of aura, and then like you could look yeah. underneath, and it was like you could see its guts. Right, clearly hadn't worked it out yet, but I was like, dude. And if they go the route of having it to where when you summon these things, they all have their own different sort of appearance to how they summon. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, dude, because that's like getting that's going the into the level of like the Elder Scrolls Online. So they, they sort of like have this thing where some will like rise up out of the ground. They'll like, you know, pop from like a flame or something or, you know, mm -hmm. have things like that happen. And I mean, it's like a pretty cool immersion for like a fantasy vibe, man, to see stuff like that mm -hmm. be integrated into how a mount sort of, especially something so high fantasy um, sort of appears as opposed to it just being like poof for everything. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, there was um, the Glimmering Geo though, man. Like I got that ages back because I was like, I think I got to get it just because I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, I don't even remember if I got it or not, frankly. I mean, I, I tend to be a little stupid about buying cosmetics. I probably, it's probably in there somewhere. Um, but uh, I definitely, um, that that was one of the more unique mounts that I've seen. Man, that thing looks, it was a trip. I actually would like to see that thing as like a gliding or a flying mount. It hovering over the ground was cool, but it just like, man, that thing, that thing would look like a flying eyeball from the Legend of Zelda flying at you. If you remember the early games, you'd be in like, go, El Zelda 2, right? You go into Zelda yeah. 2, you're going from the side perspective, you see those eyeballs flying around. That gave me that vibe too. Totally had a Matrix yeah. feel to it, but geez. Yeah, definitely. Freaking flying around on that thing, man. See one of those flying through the sky. That'd be a trip, man. I'd be like, what the? <laughs> yeah, that would be. I mean, I think it was supposed to be a gliding mount, but you know, definitely, uh, it, it was it was unique. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool, man. Um, so the other thing to kind of hit on before we start to wind this one down and wrap it all up here is again on the environment art. The oh my gosh, that that volcano art the freaking forest realm like the ash area like that forest area you know or is like the lava had sort of burned up to the tree and then it was like a normal tree still that yeah, was super awesome oh my gosh dude how's their environment looked from environment uh concept so far really close dude this game's environment, man. I am so freaking stoked. Yeah. Again, I just, I say again, Alpha One looked amazing. I had some people that I just kind of did some Discord streaming for, and they looked at it and they couldn't get over how detailed the environment was in Alpha One, mm -hmm. let alone stuff we haven't even seen yet, other than, you know, in some concepts. And even, frankly, like the, concepts and the stuff we've seen and then seeing it in game even what we see as awesome as it is like outside of the game doesn't do it justice like once you're in there the scale the level of detail it's 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 staggering and then meanwhile they're showing us a 300 percent increase to the performance on the renders that they've been doing i mean it's just like, right you see this beautiful world you see the par the parallel and the pairing of 
how they're working to address performance, how they're going to have these beautiful, amazing high fantasy elements in there. Uh, here's to here's to the curiosity around what these classes that we're finally going to get to see are going to have in their toolkit. Mm-mm-mm. I'm ready, dude. I'm hoping we get it in the next few months, dude. I really am. Yeah, I hope so too. Seriously, I want to see that summoner, buddy. I'm excited about the summoner, the ranger. Look, we got we. I played it a bit in Alpha Zero. I got a taste of it. It's not going to be completely new for me, or you, mm-hmm. you know, or a lot of other people. Not knocking it, but a freaking summoner, man, like the capabilities for summoner like i'm super curious i'm extremely curious about the summoner the bard right the rogue the fighter i mean man let's go i'm ready to see what these things can do right go with barding yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) it's a good time to be a gamer man it's a good time to be an ashes fan or part of the ashes fam yeah that my friends is where we're going to be leaving you today right so we posed a lot of questions if you're listening to this you're watching it share your thoughts i really 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 want to know what you think about all these things right the performance changes on fps for the 1000 rendering the freaking node tech the the new concepts for environments the um the the mounts that we're seeing right the upcoming possibilities and goalposts for what we're going to see in Alpha 2, knowing that the classes are going to be there now. What's in store for us going through the rest of the year? What do you want to see? What are you hopeful for, friends? It's a good time to share your thoughts and those good vibes, and be sure to do so if you listen to this, where you watch it, etc. Daedalus, let everybody know your domains and where you reign, where people can find you when you're done on the show, man. All right, you can uh, find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And friends, you know where to find me right here every Sunday with the rest of the Pathfinders on the show, Daedalus and all the others that are here week to week. Sundays, we stay the course, 5 p.m. CDT. Don't you ever forget, you don't have to be on this podcast around the table to be a Pathfinder. Pathfinders are every one of you who participate in sharing your thoughts, being here live, commenting on the videos, sharing, listening to the podcast on your way to work, wherever you're doing it, however you're a part of it, you're a Pathfinder too. Much love to all of you. Much love to Intrepid Studios. Until next time, you live your best lives, walk in the light, and we're going to see you again next Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT, right here for the next Pathfinder podcast, friends. Have a great week and a great night. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.